Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ooh, <laughs> you ruined that. episode of 20 Minute Tim's the first ever Halloween spectacular. I'm your host Jamie, the devil. I'm joined by Martin Melly. Yes. And Stephen. I'm a banana. Brilliant. Right, okay, <laughs> right. So we have, we have two tremendous <laughs> matches to talk about this week and it was difficult to choose which one to start with. So Melly in true referee style, do you want to toss a oh, coin? Co- Tell me if it's heads or tails. I'll let coin you know. toss. Yep. What have we got? Tails. That's Atletico Madrid oh, so we're going to talk about Atletico Madrid um, the best performance of the season Martin Melly yeah I'd say so yeah uh, talked about all over Europe apparently as well as the best uh, the best in the competition it was back to the good old days back to the good yeah. old days Celtic in the Champions League competing playing well Parkhead was rocking man man that, that was absolutely brilliant because all that stuff before about you're right you're a bit, you're a bit uncomfortable in your banana outfit well I, I think what might have happened is that I underestimated just how luxurious and what great material this would be <laughs> and uh, I think if if it comes to it I may well have to put the hood back a little bit because I'm <laughs> absolutely roasting <laughs> Yo soy banana in this for for the Atletico one. But I think yeah. people watching on YouTube can see no expense has been no, spared no, no, on these no. outfits here. Um, <laughs> so there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of talk. Was the myth? Was the Celtic Park atmosphere a myth? Does it exist anymore? And I think we got, as Melly said, one of those fantastic nights back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was it was thoroughly enjoyable and a, a, an absolutely rocking night at Celtic Park. I may have to keep adjusting this out of my out of my line of sight, but. Um, <laughs> Just take the hood down. Take the hood down. I'm going to have to abandon the banana gimmick in record time here. Second, seconds into the podcast. There, there we go. You can actually tell it's a banana now. But oh yeah, a, a thoroughly enjoyable night. Great performance. Great atmosphere. Uh, we'd worried about that the last time, but I think the the crowd answered those those critics, um, including the, so I think the the crowd itself had even become mm. critical of the the atmosphere that it was a wee bit flat in the Lazio game. So I think the, the questions were finally answered uh, during that because it was a a rocking night, a brilliant performance, and you know, one of the one of the best Champions League games I've been in years. To be honest, uh, one of the best home performances I think maybe since Man City all mm. those years ago under Brendan the first time. The thing is, we've never looked out a place in any of these Champions League games. It's just that the, the result that is lacked, and that was another one where we never looked out a place against the best team in the group, one of the top level teams in the competition. We held our own brilliantly. No, and we, me and Stephen were discussing it at the match before uh, on the at the match. Sorry that. 
what what are we going to see from Celtic? Will we get answers here or are we going to know anything by the end of it? Do we find out if we're a good team? And you find out, do you know what? Celtic are a good team. They can they can compete at this level, but they are lacking in certain areas. And it's not it's not exactly rocket science to see. It's the same areas where we're lacking in towards the end of last season. So what Celtic can do is compete. They may not be able to compete against the top, top teams. This, that's fine. But in that sort of tear down, we can compete. We can we can go up against these teams, and it's difficult to speak while you're smirking. At me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just I can see Stephen desperately struggling with his banana outfit in the corner, the corner of my eyes. So I'm just trying to keep it together. But obviously, I'm suffering from a craft here. I'm going deep method acting as a banana on the Halloween spectacular. It's what the it's what the audience well, demands. We, you know, we never half ass anything <laughs> no. on, on this podcast. What has it Celtic done differently? How, how come I don't want to preempt the the Hibs game, but we, where did they find this step up? Uh, I think it's just a bit of time, uh, time on from the the first couple of games where the guys that are in the team, everybody sort of knows their jobs. We have a, a settled team now. Cameron Carter Vickers come back in at the team's massive. Louis Palmer being in there, being a threat and us having a threat. So I think like, the guys like Yang starting in the, against Lazio at home, didn't mm. we? So I think this team's settled now with Real Hattati back. All these, these wee things add up because Celtic's 11 that started that game is the best 11 we have right now. Take away anything from that, it starts to fall down ever More so slightly. More on that coming yes. up, yeah. Because you look at the likes of Matt O'Reilly, and that, he was, I mean, honestly, that was a amazing performance for Matt O'Reilly against Atletico Madrid. He just uh, he just stepped up, he just took it up a level. Now, we were talking about Matt, I mean, last week's podcast was more like a love letter to Matt O'Reilly, just talking <laughs> yeah. about how good this guy is and how good can he possibly One be. One of many. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't answered any of them no. so far, as he said, so we'll keep at it. <laughs> but he just, then he turns in a performance like that, just raises it up again. Yeah, uh, we raved about his pass for Kyogo's goal in the Lazio game, the early, I mean, it's almost identical, but yeah. even better this time around. And we spoke in similar terms last year about how Real Hattati didn't look out of place against Real Madrid, you know, at that point, the European champions. But Atletico Madrid are, are maybe on a, on a level with Real Madrid these days, kind of give or take, who knows, but it, Matt O'Reilly stepped up and, and delivered. And something about that game that was, Matt O'Reilly especially, because as we said last week, he's the best player in Scotland currently mm-hmm. just now. And But there was something about that game that, I came away really quite happy with it because there was absolutely nothing about it that was typically Celtic in yeah. Europe. There was there was no uh, there will be many people who came away from the game thinking, "Oh, you need to win your home games. That's no good enough. We need to, we need to be better and all that." But personally, I came away just thinking we we were really in that game. Didn't look out of place and really put in a good performance against one of the best teams in Europe just now. And I, d- I didn't come away with any of those. Ah, it's the it's the stupid mistakes that let us down every yeah. time. I, d- I just didn't feel like that coming away at all. Because coming out of Lazio, the guy that sits beside me, I said to him, before the Lazio game, I says, look, I just don't want us to do any Celtic in Europe bullshit. Yeah, yeah, you know? And then the Lazio game happened and there was plenty of Celtic in Europe bullshit. But this game here, absolutely none of it. No. And, and things seemed to go away and we were smart with the ball and we were confident and we were really on top of things. And how much do you think it is... Like the, the sort of fans and the atmosphere versus the player performance, it's obviously a symbiotic relationship they've got, but you wonder like, what comes first? Do the players give the fans something to cheer on? Do the players feed off the fans? Because that game, it just seemed like constant. I know when Lazio scored and when the opposition team scored in Europe, there's that lull, isn't there, in the atmosphere and the, the fans start to get a wee bit nervous there. But what happened against Atletico Madrid was that roar came back. You know, as soon yeah, as that- they score, the roar that you're used to hearing at Celtic Park 
the response for the home side came and then it just seemed to propel the team on again. That was very noticeable, I thought, at the time. The Lazio game, we didn't really know what to do. Even when Celtic scored, I thought there was a little bit of a lull, never mind the when, when they got the, the equaliser. I thought when, when Celtic scored against Lazio, there was a wee bit of, from the team, I, I thought there was a wee bit of, we're not really sure what to do here. Mm. We're not really sure. We didn't, I thought they kind of sat off a little bit, invited Lazio back into the game, but it didn't feel like that this time around because the crowd just, just started getting right behind the team and it didn't let up either. It was just ah, just a, a carnival atmosphere um, for the for the a hoops, right, I think. All right, good team. I think we did a good team. They've got some really good oh, players yeah. in there. Oh, they're, they're brilliant. And it's not until you're sitting there and watching them because you see a Fletico Madrid all the time in Europe, but you don't, sometimes, well, personally, I don't take any notice of them, really. I can see how they've got really good players. But when they're standing there in front of you and you're looking at Griezmann, and like, he ended up there. He just ends up in this space all the time you were saying before Stephen never waste a touch in the mm, game no, every first touch is killed and that's what you see in these games the level goes up because if the ball flies over to a player it's dead and he's away and with Celtic or in Scotland sometimes it takes that extra touch but Celtic were on it as well Celtic were on it and I think with this game Celtic are sort of growing into this the the first couple of games we hadn't really seen great performances from Celtic leading up to them and now we've kind of found where we are with this team. Mm. This team are a good team. They're controlled, they're patient, and they know what they're doing. So the Lazio game, fine odd game's a bit of a freak, but the Lazio game maybe came a bit too early. This one, Celtic are growing into this. It might be a bit too late, but from the start, the the roar when the Champions League comes on, that's brilliant. And then the roar when the game starts. But then Celtic gives the fans something to mm-hmm. to go on and that, that early goal gets the fans behind it. So then if Lazio, if Atletico Madrid, sorry, do come back into the game, we've already got the belief in is that, you know what, we can go again, we can go again. And Celtic did go again, even when they went the goal down. But the first half was the best I've potentially ever seen from a Celtic mm-hmm. team. But there's been obviously better 90 minute performances from Celtic. So getting that early goal, getting the crowd behind them, and I think it's just followed on from the belief that this team are just a bit of a, a winning machine now, up until this week. <laughs> I know, you can say that up until the game. Fabrizio Romano, persistent Celtic doommonger oh, on yeah. Twitter, said after the game, teams sniffing around Matt O'Reilly, it will have to be a Celtic transfer record or a Scottish transfer record for anyone that wants to take him away. Look, I, I mean, of course it is. There's nothing yeah. more obvious in your life. If somebody wants to pay money for Matt O'Reilly, and I, I don't know why somebody wouldn't now, because, uh, look, I'm not selling a Celtic player. I want the guy to stay, and anyone that's watched and listened to this podcast long enough knows that I'm still getting to grips with the reality of players and managers leaving a wee bit earlier than I wish they would. But there's no doubt that he's... If anybody wants him, 30-odd, 35 million, easy. That's that's we need to start talking. Well, one thing's for sure, that 10 million from Leeds was absolute silliness anyway. Yeah. No, no, absolutely no chance that was ever going to happen in the, the dying days of the, the summer window. Mm. Absolutely no chance. But can can Fabrizio not keep this till like January, mate? Uh, this is October. Why are we talking about teams sniffing around Matt O'Reilly? I hate Celtic. I don't know what's going on. Since you've switched his name, Stephen. Uh, it's, a, it's a Masonic conspiracy involving <laughs> Fabrizio Morano. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, it would take something silly. I mean, there are ceilings to players uh, playing in Scotland. Mm. I don't think anyone's going to go to 40, 50, 60 million or anything like that. I just don't think that will happen for for, the, for a number of um, historical and economic reasons in Scotland. I don't think any any team will get above 
just now anyway I don't I don't see anyone going above 30 million because mm-hmm. I don't think Celtic would be difficult to deal with at that level either I don't think they're going to hang on to well, well we want 40 or anything like that but I, I just I don't want to hear about it just now quite frankly he's just Sorry. signed no I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't mean from you I mean from uh, Fabrizio out there I just it's it's October he's just signed a new contract don't want to be hearing about it from the, the transfer guru of Europe why that's why it? you're so happy with a contract because you think oh at least we've got him for another year a couple of days later he's put <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> yeah, know. he's relentless the guy. I saw you he preempted the Ballon d'Or as well he says Lionel Messi's going to win the Ballon d'Or at 8pm tomorrow I'm like you're an absolute the biggest killjoy you've <laughs> it was fun to begin with but it's not anymore what makes Matt O'Reilly so good Melly? everything now everything now we've seen him perform magnificently but now he's taking it on to this level and it's not a one-off he was good in the Champions League last season he's up to his game this season he's getting goals and now I think I said we said last week about him what's next for him and it's maybe a Champions League goal but look that might come but that performance was utterly sensational from him the again we're talking about that sort of curling pass he puts in the wall pass into Kyogo like there were so many easier passes that he could have turned, mm. taken a touch or anything, but the telep- tele- telepathy mm. between the two Tilapia. of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good for you. Nice <laughs> fish. Yeah. <laughs> the telepathy between the two of them was sensational. And we were talking about Kyogo probably cementing the best since Larson. You start to wonder, who's O'Reilly the best since? Because his performances right now are that good. And when we're looking at him, right, okay, he's won trebles with Celtic, won trophies scoring goals, he's getting international recognition, performances, man of the match performances in the Champions League. Where do you go after that? I think it's all about confidence, Stephen, because it just shows you when you actually have a bit of confidence in yourself and impress yourself as an individual and as a team and impress your style onto these other teams, Celtic are no that far behind when no, they when no. they when they actually have a bit of confidence in themselves and as Melly said, play the difficult pass, try the difficult ball, Really, I mean, we can talk about Diaz and Maida in a bit, but the amount of effort, when you add that effort and when everything starts to come together, it shows you the performance levels that Celtic can reach. Yeah, and I think Celtic are currently, anyway, again, the the, the first two games of the, the group didn't go particularly well, but when it came to this, when we all sort of culminated in the Atletico Madrid game, and I know there are still games to go, but to all intents and purposes, we're kind of out of the, the Champions League running, mm. really. It's, it's maybe just a race for the Europa League, potentially now, but... It's come to this point and I think Celtic have basically done everything they could do in this game. Of course, he could try and win it, but I think in a similar vein to playing against Real Madrid last year, you can you can really give them a, a hard time of it. You can really go up against them toe-to-toe and put them under a little bit of pressure. But we're at a certain level, their overall quality across their team will generally eventually take over and I think that's what we've seen in both of these games it's just that Atletico Madrid obviously didn't win the game but they, they managed to get what and it was ultimately a fair result which is mm-hmm. why I wasn't I wasn't too downbeat about how right okay we're probably well, more like more than likely out of the Champions League now but I wasn't downbeat about the performance because I thought right, we've basically done everything we could there there was nothing nothing really disappointing there was nothing that I rude coming away from that performance I thought they did all they could and eventually just drew with a team that had better players in it you mentioned Griezmann we were talking about it earlier as you said it was, I don't think he wasted a single touch or pass or he just seems to have this he just kept turning up places. Yeah, a gift for just appearing for just finding space and exploiting it at all times I thought before he got sent off to Paul was absolutely excellent mm-hmm. and the kind of thing that you we would want in a, a midfielder at that level, just a guy who's just everywhere, just patrolling the midfield and mopping things up. But 
To go back to Matt O'Reilly for a wee second, you, I think you're right to say that it's everything. That, that might sound like we're being a little bit silly and saying that oh, it's everything that's good about him just now, but I think that's accurate with Matt O'Reilly because he doesn't have like a an identifiable 10 out of 10 superpower, yeah. but he also doesn't really have any weaknesses either. Mm. He's basically good at everything. He doesn't have massive amounts of... He doesn't have like, like electric speed. He's not the most athletic guy across the ground. He's not the most prolific goal scorer until recent weeks. He's not he's not someone you, you would identify as a a breaker up of play. Mm. He's not like a destroyer in there. But he can kind of do everything to a pretty good standard in there. And I think he's he just seems to be becoming the complete midfielder rather than a guy who stands out in one in one facet of the game. It's he's so good that when you're looking across the team, you think, I just wish we had that level. I could see if Celtic had one or two wee bits more of that level of quality or even people close to Matt O'Reilly when you drop out of that sort of top level. But another guy who is definitely at that level of quality is Kyogo. Ah, there's no doubt anymore, is there? The goal, again, the finish, it's a great finish, but it could have been so easily to just miss that. And I know he's a top level striker, but that wee left foot, it just lifts it over the keeper enough Never in doubt for him, never in doubt. And when you see them do the one-two, then the next one-two, just getting in there, takes the touch so he goes across the defender and then the finish into the far corner. Just knew as soon as he touched it, this is going in the back of the net. And he just looks like Champions League striker now. Yeah. There's been doubts over him last season. I, I just thought it, he was missing chances. I don't think it was, oh, I'm at a bigger level now. I can't, I can't score against these goalkeepers. He was just simply missing chances. He's not doing that this season. He's getting big goals in important games and... Again, we keep sort of moving the goalposts for him and now he's he's getting the shots into the goals anyway. So it was always to be the best since Larson. You need to score in the Champions mm -hmm. League. He's done that. Now I'm thinking, like, what can you do now? Winning goal in the Champions League game? Is that what we need? A winning European know, How many goal? of these wee challenges and tests are we going to set up for the game? Brendan Rodgers will probably be setting them for him as well. That, that's exactly what I was going to say because every question we ever ask of Kyogo, he just seems to, to answer it every single time because... It wasn't so long ago, maybe in the last season or so, where we were talking about how has he got it at Champions League level? Can he even score against Rangers? Mm -hmm. Can he even do it at that level? Is he just a, a flat track bully in Scotland? I mean, look at look at it now, whatever, 8, 10, 12 months on, and he's done all of that and more, scored five against Rangers in quick succession. Mm -hmm. He's now got two Champions League goals, and that was always the, the remaining thing the remaining thing in the debate over whether he's the best since last. And I know we've had that discussion so many times and it will never truly be over. No one will ever fully agree on it because everyone has their personal preferences at the end of the day. But that's what we were waiting for. A goal at the undisputed top level to to finally just, uh, as Alex Ray would say, it's a real gold star in his feather. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's yet another gold star to add to Kyogo's many feathers. And... <laughs> He has. He's finally done that. He's got two goals in the Champions League now. That's what Dembele. That's what Edward. That's what Hooper were all doing. That mm. that those were the the final things. He's got more than sixty goals for Celtic, and he's only been here a couple of seasons and a bit. So the, the guy's completely unstoppable. And there was there was absolutely no doubt about that when the chance failed to him. That's all Black. He's coming up against as well. One yeah. of the best shot stoppers in the world has been for for many years. But there was never any doubt in anyone's mind in that stadium. Everyone stood up as soon as he received that ball, prepared to to celebrate. And I, I, and we've already mentioned it, but a great ball, perfectly weighted ball mm. from from Matt O'Reilly once again. And it's like a, it was like they played a 
18 yard one two. <laughs> they, they were so far apart, and yet they played a one two and just just spun in behind. Brilliant goal. Uh, it's just one thing that we've said all along that the players are out there trying their best, the managers out there trying their best, and. Brendan Rodgers had a lot of control of domestic games, but that was another game, Melly, where it just felt like the manager was in control and he was making tactical tweaks as the game went on. He's no just... There's a, definitely a difference in these the approach to these games from Ange to Brendan. Now, you can decide which one you prefer and the one that, that's most successful is the one that's going to get the better results at the end of the day, but there's definitely a different approach between the two managers. Oh, there definitely is. And look, we, we can see Ange's system works. We can see he's top of the, the Premier League right now, mm. but... Does it work for a team who aren't at that level? So Celtic going into Europe, are they going to concede a lot of goals or be caught out a lot? Probably with Brendan Rodgers, what he's doing, it is a bit more controlled and it is a bit more adapting to the conditions. Look, Celtic, Andrew's style of play, he only had one. I loved it. I thought mm. it was brilliant. And if you're going to go out on your sword, that's the way to do it. Go into the Champions League, go toe-to-toe. If you come up short, then so be it with this. Brendan Rodgers has slightly adapted things a bit, tweaked things, different roles for players that within the system in these games, and it's working. It's working, and look, Celtic, in all the Champions League games we've seen, we've never had that bit where we're like, we are hanging on by a thread mm. here. We haven't had that. We've looked like a team who has a plan, everyone knows what they're doing, and they're sticking to it, and they're starting to get results, even though the Lazio performance wasn't great. If the Lazio game was last Wednesday, we'd have beaten them. Yeah. Just I think it was just time that uh, was came too quick for Celtic. So I think these games came a bit too quick for Celtic. But whose fault's that? Celtic's not Brendan <laughs> Rodgers, not the players. So I think Brendan Rodgers has tweaked things ever so slightly, and it's probably what Celtic need. We're not going to be a team that sits in where our backs to the walls are. We? we just don't have the players, and we don't have the mentality for that. And I'm glad about that. What we have is players who can hit teams on the break when we play quickly. We've also got players that can keep the ball, like Callum McGregor, Paulo Bernardo and Matt O'Reilly. Bernardo comes on so early, basically played the full game. Absolutely brilliant, every single one of them on the ball, work rate off it. The midfield was incredible and it's we always talk about it. We always go up against a team that has a brilliant midfielder. Mm. Political Madrid went up against a team that had one yeah. in Matt O'Reilly and another two in McGregor and Bernardo. Well, the, I'm glad you said that about how Celtic don't necessarily have the players to achieve anything mm. at that level. Right? It, it really, will, what it will boil down to is individual memorable performances, probably. Right? I think the the way the Champions League set up these days is not easy for a team mm. like Celtic, and I don't want the debate to become too much about how is Angie's style better or is Brendan's style better for the Champions League because I don't really think that's going to matter at the end of well, the day. Well, you've actually. You've snookered me there because I was actually <laughs> yeah. going to throw a, a real grenade in and get a bit of debate on the podcast here well, because what I wanted to know was, just to not cut across, but just to preempt what you're about to say is, who's who's got more points? If Ange's a manager and Brenda's, who, who's, are, does Brendan Rodgers, sorry, does Ange win that game? Uh, I don't I don't think so. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll never know. All I can do just now on that subject is say that it remains to be seen, with three games to go, it remains to be seen whether there's any tangible difference to this, what the style brings to, mm. to Europe. We're not taking any tankings just now, but we don't have any more points just yet. What oh, did we get two last year? But it's against different teams. So there's not. it's not really a like for like. It's, it's kind of an apples and oranges situation. But what I would say is that I don't think it's... I don't think it's necessarily helpful to say that this style is better than Ange's because ultimately the goal or the end result is probably going to be the same. We're probably just going to go out in the groups 
It's, it's about whether you can achieve any, any small incremental improvements along the way. To me, the Atletico Madrid game was a, a memorable, really impressive performance. Whether that adds up to actually progress progression mm-hmm. from the group, I, I don't think it will. But I think that was not enough, but that, that was something to take away from this group, if anything. I think, well, hold on, Martin Melly, just before we just before we cut to you, uh, I'm, Ange is topping this group, and I'll tell you why. Because right off Feyenoord, fine, that doesn't matter. I don't think Ange could have done better against Atletico Madrid than Brendan Rodgers did, right? So that's no. itchy peachy. But I think Ange wins the Lazio game. So I think with Ange in charge, we're doing better off this season. That's no slight on Brendan. Well, it is a slight on Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> and we'll see how it pans out. But I just think the styles of play and the way the games have panned out, I think Ange Postacoglu's team is probably doing slightly better this year than Brendan Rodgers' team. Potentially, but I've just... I think Ange last season, that was... Ange Postacoglu we all heard about the second season he sort of had most of the player in fact all the players that pretty much in Ange's first 11 in the games last season if he could have picked his strongest team were all there, oh, were all there in the first season when you're talking about last season you're reminding me but Brendan Rodgers had done slightly better would be, been a bit more pragmatic and a bit more controlled in the Shakhtar games maybe got a better result could have swapped groups around I think I think with the Shakhtar games it was just Celtic not taking their chances wasn't mm. it with Ange last season, it was peak Ange, a treble, Champions League group stage, beating Rangers multiple times. That was his second season. This was this, That was peak Ange. Mm. This isn't even near peak Rodgers. No. This isn't anywhere near peak Rodgers. If Brendan Rodgers is looking at that team from the other night, that's the best team he's got right now. He's probably adding in three players to that. So he's going to want a goalkeeper, a left back and another winger at least to better that team. So I think... Maybe next season, but again, you lose players in the summer or January and everything changes. But I just think Celtic's way they play might might do them better in the long run if we manage to get in the Europa League. We've seen when Ange, when we went down to the Conference League, going up against Bodo Glimp, we thought we can go a wee run mm. here. It wasn't to be, so I think okay, it's going to be difficult no matter who Celtic get in Europe. But styles, you're never going to be able to tell, but I enjoy both styles in different ways. and. Would Ange have beat Atletico Madrid? I don't know. He probably would have beat Lazio, but I think Brendan Rodgers' team would have beat Lazio on Wednesday there. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween. Dear me, to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring compact design and next-generation skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without a mess of a traditional shave. Get a sweet treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, for 20% off, plus free shipping. It may be spooky season, but you don't want to scare people with a scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. Are you tired of a bad razor making your neck look like a scary movie? With the Handyman's skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. That's right, your Halloween costumes may take effort, but beard grooming doesn't need to when you can get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Can I just say something, Stephen? Manscaped, this isn't in the read, but they actually sent us this box oh. product and I've been using it and it's actually good. You look fantastic, Thanks Jay. very much. And genuinely, it is really good. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the word TIMS. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. The question is, what the Celtic need to do win these games? Melly mentioned that if Brendan Rodgers wants to win these games, he needs to get three good players in. One's at left back. Greg Taylor's been really tested. Now, we all like Greg Taylor in this podcast. Did we give him an award at the end of season awards? Uh, no, I think he was nominated. nominated yeah. but, uh, he yeah. just fell short. Unlucky, Greg. <laughs> penalty or no penalty? Uh, it was a penalty. It was, was a, it was a penalty. It's, it's subtle. It was something you would... Clever. Uh, if you were... If you were biased about it, you would say it was soft, even mm-hmm. though that doesn't really that doesn't really exist in the in the advent of VAR. Soft penalties don't really exist anymore. It's either a penalty or it's not, or how it should work anyway. Watching the replays back, it was very unclear at the game. We, we just sort of the messages started coming through on various yeah. WhatsApp groups because that's all you can you've got to go on. Aye, that looks like a penalty. But watching it back, he does kick the guy's heel just ever so subtly away from. The guy kind of gets in front of him, doesn't he? Greg yeah, Taylor makes contact. I suppose in some ways it's not it's not very similar, but in in that one element, it's quite similar to the Kyogo penalty from last week. I think it was where the yeah. guy just came in, and yeah, loads of people were losing the run of themselves, saying how soft it was and all that. But if you watch the replay; it's fairly clear that the guy moved Kyogo's leg in a way that imbalanced him. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't really understand. So I I think that was that was similar in a way to that. Yes, it's not heavy contact. It's not like he's swept his legs out from underneath him, but he's done enough to 
to unbalance him really I think it was fair enough but I think that's a good example of the things that we don't do in these games another thing I think we need to do to win these games is we kind of need to just like the performances we flick a switch in performance and become European mode European mode activated and then everything sort of gets we're, we're stronger we're quicker we're faster we're crisper on the ball we're better at finishing everything's like elevated and another thing I want us to do is I just want to get into that European mindset a bit I'm not saying dive I'm not saying cheat but the dark arts switch them on like stuff like get in front of the defender and then going down I, I think that's what that striker did I don't know necessarily if there's enough contact to take him down but he's 100% going down as soon as he feels Greg Taylor near him he's going down he's giving the referee a decision to make Atletico again surrounding the ref you know all that yeah, you know yeah. there's, there's, there's loads and loads of stuff I'm not saying surround the ref but one thing I did notice was I can't remember who came out of the foul but Atletico were around the ref there was not one Celtic player there going not even going Listen, you fucking beat it. Uh, you know what I mean? We just sort of stood, stood back as if we're sort of playing second fiddle. And I want us to sort of get more involved in that were, a wee bit. They were repeatedly calling for the, the invisible cards and all that as well, which I've, I previously thought, yes, Melly, can you get a couple of shows, Melly? People yeah. think we're half an arse. Clumsy, clumsy, yeah, 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 should have had that prepared. But I thought that was an offence in itself, but. You know, it's, there's none of that. We just sort of, we stand back like we <laughs> no. kind of don't believe. The problem is, and we are guilty of this as well, is that we we want these things for the European game. Switch on the European mm. mindset, as as you put it there, uh, to paraphrase your other. But, um, the problem is, as soon as these players arrive in this country, we beat it out of them as if it's the, the, these heinous crimes they're committing on the pitch. It's, there's, you need to put up with days and days of tabloid hand-wringing well, about some. Remember Kyogo, the, the guy at Livingston t- like, grabbed him to the back of the head and he went down it was a penalty. Kyogo was, was labelled a cheat for months off the <laughs> yeah, back exactly. or something. I can't remember so, what it was. So it's very difficult for him to be like, oh, I, should, I felt a bit of content there, I should probably go down. Oh no, I'll get triggered one. I'll <laughs> get flashbacks to that time everybody was calling me a cheat for months on end. Couldn't go to the house. It's just the, it's the subtle things like you say, isn't it? The, like Celtic we've seen last season, we've done the Champions League. Well, we gave a good account of ourselves, but we probably could have done a wee bit better. But that was that team's first foray into the Champions League. Now this team are in it. They start to grow into it a wee bit more. You start to realise the levels. And re- remember after the Champions League last year, Ange said he sort of tweaked the, cha- mm-hmm. the tactics to prepare for the next Champions League. And Celtic's run from... December onwards was incredible. We were just taking teams apart. Now that Celtic are in this Brendan Rodgers team, like it is right now, it's just game after game after game. Once it starts to settle down come January and when we come back from this January break, I fully expect this Celtic team to motor on, bring a couple of players in and then fully become a Brendan Rodgers team. It's very hard for a manager. It really happens that you come in as a Celtic manager and then play a couple of league games and then you're bang straight into the Champions League you've kind of got the qualifiers to contend with but this time it didn't happen so Brendan Rodgers isn't exactly an established European manager as he's had a couple of times with Celtic he's had one with Liverpool so he's went down to Leicester learned a lot and it looks like he's back Mm. uh, back a better manager because he's able to adapt to these things so I think it'll it'll do Celtic good in the long run and has promised he'll be here for at least three seasons, maybe <laughs> yeah. seven. So hopefully we learn from it. I, I, how come Lewis Palmer keeps scoring so many goals, Stephen? Because I'm not entirely sure yet if he's good or not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's intriguing that. Um, good finish, right enough. A belter of a finish. And that's probably... See, when I watch a guy like that play, 
it's sometimes kind of the opposite of what I've said about Matt Aureli. He doesn't really have like a an identifiable superpower mm. as how I put it with Matt Aureli. He clearly has. And when I, I sometimes I see players and I think that's what's made you stand out at every level. See when you were like 10, 12, coming up mm. through the levels. What made him stand out is he can absolutely hammer a ball really, really well. <laughs> He's got a very, very nice, um, very nice connection with the ball when shooting and delivering crosses and court. we're led to believe very good at set pieces and all that. So that's that's definitely what his thing is. Mm. And that was a brilliant goal against uh, Atletico Madrid as well. Raised the roof off the place. So yeah. uh, I, I, he's he's a very dangerous player, Luis Palma. Didn't really, didn't really affect much on the the Hibs game, the follow up to that. But I've got a few, a few things to say on that <laughs> coming up, right? But don't I take away from it just now? But that's that's clearly what has made him stand out. Probably it was what made him stand out to any watching scouts for Celtic as well and Rangers, even though they turned yeah. them down. They, 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 they said no thanks to, <laughs> to Lewis Palmer, and we we got him sloppy seconds against Celtic. Eh? Um, so, I it, it's it's clear that he's going to do that a lot for Celtic. I'd be I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit comfortably into double figures this season. His first season in the country, mm-hmm. I think he he'll comfortably get a, a decent amount of goals for Celtic. He's always in the positions and that's it. So he'll always get big chances. We see guys like Yang when he played in the Champions League. Yeah. He never had any confidence he'd score, but with Louis Palmer, I think he's always going to be in there. He's going to score. He's going to be in the positions and, and that's vital because Celtic aren't going to get a lot of chances. The fact that he's in there and he takes them for a, what, a slight touch off Dizamaida, he could have two Champions League goals already. He's got plenty in the league already. So he looks like he's going to be a guy that makes it at Celtic and is a very good goal scorer for Celtic. Where he's a great player for Celtic, I'm not too sure. But on Wednesday night, we just seen that's why Celtic have Louis Palmer to score goals in there. And it's also why they have Dyes and Maeda on the other side. But then when you switch it to Hibs, when things aren't going too well, you can see why uh, we could do a bit better than these two. But for the Atletico Madrid game, both of them are brilliant. Palmer needs, still needs a lot to add to his game. He's got, like Stephen says, even the way he passes the ball, it's always, he's always doing it with intention. There's always something behind it. I love the, his technique in doing it got to get fitter because he starts blowing towards yeah. the end of these mm. games so he's going to need the up, the up the levels as well but again this is what happens when you bring in guys on deadline day and they've not got the time to do pre-season be in the team and all that so there's no way he shouldn't have been starting against Feyenoord and Lazio but this is where we are this thing about meeting the level though Stephen I think it's it's pretty evident and Melly says one thing that Brendan Rodgers would want to do if he wants to go in and win these games is to add some quality to the squad and you know, God knows we've spoken about the, the, the transfer window long enough, yeah, but when yeah. you look at the Hibs game, this thing about meeting the the level that Celtic and Brendan Rodgers need, midweek, last midweek he spoke, Mark, Marco Tellio. You won't see him for a while, he's struggling to meet yeah. the level. Yang, clearly struggling to meet level. Quan clearly struggling to meet level. Palma looks as if he's coming into games, contributing, but just, just getting past marks. When you dip into that sort of second level of Celtic player, as we saw against Hibs, well, there's a couple of things we saw against Hibs. Even One, even if you go into the Atletico, Atletico Madrid game, again, Celtic have the choice to make five substitutions. They make three. Yeah. They make three the same as the Lazio game. And as soon as Celtic change things, you're, Celtic went 3-5-2, which was the right thing to do. We got unlucky because just after that, we had 
the sending off and we couldn't make any more stoppages, that's fine. But the fact is, we made that last sub knowing that was our last mm. sub and we chose not to bring on two players. We chose to bring on James Forrest. Yes, James Forrest. Play him up front. So we finished that game with Dyson Maeda and James Forrest up front. I thought we could have put James Forrest outright or something, but it just shows... There's six players on that bench that Brendan Rodgers didn't even consider bringing on to that game. One of them was a striker and oh, not a chance you're seeing him in it. And, and that's the thing, he's not even... He, I mean, there's no squad rotation. In an ideal world, Brendan Rodgers even wants to rotate that squad somewhat from the Champions League to Hibernian. Oh, it's a necessity these days. You can't just have... 12, 13 players and just stick with it hope it gets you through the season because already this season we've had numerous injuries the crisis that we're only just coming through the other side of at centre half we're starting to get a few players back Stephen Welsh back training eh, as of just the last couple of days but now Hatati is injured mm. long term Abada's injured long term so there's no way we can get away with this level of just playing just running the first 11 into the ground and I know people are people are wary of moaning about the transfer window and the squad and all that right I, I get that because we've lord knows we've done enough of it in, in recent weeks but it's becoming a problem now yeah. it's becoming an issue because I, I looked back in the some of the the post Champions League selections last season when when Andrew was here right and it's after Real Madrid tough games traveling to Shakhtar Donetsk tough games against Leipzig all these hard games but Last season, we were able to call upon certain players who would get you through the next couple of games, give Kyogo a rest. It happened frequently. It was to varying success because included in that was the worst performance of last season in the St Mirren game. Yeah. That was after yeah. a Champions League game and all the chat around that was they made too many chances. Uh, two changes, rather, sorry. Um, so you, I looked back at that and Juranovic was always left out after the Champions League games. Kyogo often left out. Ralston would... All, almost always play Yakimakis would play Forrest came in for the game against Hibs scored a hat-trick in the 6-1 game so after Champions League games last year you had the 6-1 win against Hibs you had a 3-0 win away to Livingston beat Dundee United I think 4-2 after the mm. Champions League game so it, it was good we managed to get through these games but it's because the squad was uh, was much stronger and you could bring in guys like Aaron Moy Yakimakis even Haksabanovic came in did a job. Bernabe came in, played a couple of games. It was never great, but you could put him in there. Brendan Rodgers couldn't dream of that just now. He, he can't make any changes whatsoever. The only change that was made from Atletico Madrid. Yeah, so, so from Atletico, a really tough game. And they he, are from Hearts to Atletico to Hibs, the only change was Bernardo, was so, it? So that was enforced. Hattati get injured, injured and Bernardo comes in after seven minutes in the Champions League and, and starts the next game. So that's the only change being made. And... This is this is what's going to happen. It was a, a nothing each draw because these players are out. These players are out in their feet, and we're not. Again, I, I felt people saying, "Oh, come on, they're professional footballers," but at the same time, they're they're humans. They they are they are athletes. Plus yes, there's, but there's, 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 we've seen, we've seen this play out. You yeah, know, I mean, we yeah. know it. We we know football. Footballers are not lying when we say we play too many games. No. Managers aren't lying when they say they want to rotate their squad. Yeah. Ange wasn't he doing it for the fun of it? To, no. And we don't just play players to keep them happy. No. Well, that's no a thing. No, absolute necessity to have mm. not only backup players but competition for places. It's something I've been talking about for weeks now, and uh, again, it might get a little bit wearying uh, for like to hear that oh, the squad's not good enough over and over again. And I know I'm, I'm kind of bored of talking about it, I know, but it's it's becoming an issue because Celtic are going into these games what looks like completely Look, running around empty. We're at the point now where if you're watching this thing that some of these guys are going to break through 
Forget it. No. Quan is never going to be a Celtic player. Yang is never going to be a Celtic player. O is never going to be a Celtic player. The list goes on and on. The manager, can I trust these guys? Mikey Johnson. Uh, I, I mean, I don't I don't really know what... Uh, uh, he did okay against Hibs, but he's been here such a long... Last time Mikey Johnson scored for us was a full month before the first ever case of COVID in the UK. <laughs> yes, that's that's how long ago we're talking about. James Forrest, has, he's done. Yeah. He, James Forrest is playing out Season of pure necessity. McCarthy, there's just so many players in this squad now where we could have been kind to them, but we're at we're, we're at Halloween. God, look at us, we're dressed for it. <laughs> we're at Halloween now, and these guys are not trusted to contribute. So I think you can safely say they're, they're never going to make it. You may as well, January's coming up. January's just around the corner. You could get a eight. You can oh, easily get a eight. And, at and, least. And, and in fact, not sh- you could easily get rid of eight. We need to get rid of eight. We need to cut a. Kobayashi there's another one we yeah. need to cut these guys loose we need to free up the wages and we need to spend the money on the players the manager actually wants and I know people you, like you say we, we do get the odd comment oh the transfer window they give these guys a chance they've had it they've had their chance as far as I'm concerned well, they can't be trusted you make a good point there because that is the chance that as, as we've said that it happened frequently last season changes were made for games after the Champions League I invite anyone to go back and look at how many changes were made after Champions League games and we still managed to win games aside from that St Mirren game so if these guys yeah, I know that a common uh, a common fight back against this idea is that you can't get quality to come and sit on the bench the quality isn't going to want you to come and, and be a sub but if you if you can't be trusted to come in and just take the pressure off after a Champions League game, what are you there for at all? It's just, you're of absolutely no use. And that's that's the second nothing each draw we've had this season. Not a big deal in and of itself, but over the last previous two seasons, so Ange's entire time, we had three nothing each draws over two seasons. We've had two this season so far. Mm. And it's because the players have just looked short on energy and short of ideas after gruelling games. I remember... <laughs> It could be that. I mean, we're dealing with small samples, of course, because we've only had 14 games so far this season. But also with that, the longest winning streak Celtic have had this season is two. Two games is the most of one in a row. And that doesn't look like changing anytime soon because we've got away at the yeah. quite soon. So there was a there was a time in Brendan's second season, first time around, where we drew a lot of games. So I suppose an argument could be made that maybe this style brings with it a greater risk that you know, we could draw. You would talk about control all the time. Sometimes with that lack of creativity that we're currently seeing, we may get a lot of draws. There was five nothing each draws in in Brendan's mm-hmm. second season. So I don't want to see a return to that because well, people are well, quite impatient with it. Well, let me play my own advocate here, right? When I say this, <laughs> <laughs> if Celtic had better players, right? James Forrest doesn't he missing that sitter? Owes no making that absolute horlicks of that header. Yeah. And this is. People will say, oh, these guys are young, you need to give them a chance. No, we don't. Celtic don't need to give them a chance. There's plenty of other young players out there who are better than the ones we've got. We, you don't just keep them because they're young and hope they turn into something. And I know people think, you know, I might be being a bit harsh and we've written off players before. I mean, God knows I've got a long history of writing off players. Sometimes Liam Scales is one of them. Well, we did write off Liam Scales and we have got a friend of the podcast who loves to remind me frequently that uh, that Liam Scales has made it. Congratulations. <laughs> it, 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 Liam Scales has sort of broken out the mould and you can't deny that Liam Scales oh, no. has done well. Brendan Rogers called Liam Scales one of the biggest surprises of his career. So congratulations if you saw that one before Brendan Rogers. That's all, <laughs> that, that, that's all I can yeah. say. But the rest of these guys, I, I just, oh, can he buy a goal now? No. And when you look at the, the team finishing the game uh, at Easter Road, Joe Hart, you could probably get a better player, couldn't you? Greg Taylor, oh, we wanted a better left back. Liam Scales has been brilliant, but if you had said last season, Liam Scales will be starting. You've got Ralston there, could probably get a better player, even though it breaks my heart. And then you've got Turnbull, 
Mikey Johnson, James Forrest behind O. Come on, what has happened here? These three guys behind the striker weren't they getting a sniff of the Celtic team last season? Absolutely nowhere near. We are bringing them on to try and get us into winners a game, mm-hmm. winners a game. Oh, I feel sorry for the guy, but not as much as I feel sorry for Mikey Johnson. What does I say for Yang that a guy? I feel sorry for us watching it. <laughs> I know that. I know that with Mikey Johnson, but why is it come to this? Why is it come to this? Why is it you're looking at Celtic and you're going right? If we get an injury at goalkeeper, left back, right back, midfield, or winger or striker. We're going to struggle. So mm. that's five or six positions if we get an injury in there. You already seen with Hattati come out. Oh, the creativity's dropped dramatically because one player's out. If we start to lose two or three players in this team, we've seen when Joe Hart went out, we get away with it for a game. But Scott Bain's not going to be good long-term. Goalkeeper's a bit different, but we cannot go the full season of playing Greg Taylor at left-back. We cannot do that. It's not mm. fair on him. He's going to have... He's had poor, two poor games this week, but there's... Burnaby's not even in the squads. No, not in hasn't squads. Been since Rangers, I'm pretty no. sure. Yang is one of three subs, uh, three wingers on the bench. Didn't get near the pitch at the weekend. And Mikey Johnson, come on, just sums it all up, doesn't it? Mikey Johnson and James Forrest, what are we looking at? Three years since these guys contributed, seriously contributed to Celtic. James Forrest, again, I'm sick of the hiding sickness from him. He's just <laughs> hiding <laughs> sickness. I know <laughs> Halloween is tonight and tomorrow. It's not on a Saturday afternoon against Hibs when you're playing Casper the friendly goes. <laughs> he rescued it there. Yeah. You, could you tell he was you didn't know where you were going with that when you began with you went, you thought shit. Halloween hide and seek they don't match up but you, you got it in the <laughs> end you've seen the hamster go round in my head <laughs> I, I saw it in your face steam coming out your ears <laughs> there was so many times where Ralston's going down the right hand side and James Forrest moved himself inside taking away all, any sort of wood from Celtic Mikey Johnson on the other side comes on and his first shot goes out for a shy he mm. passes back from a throw in and it goes out back out you're like, what is going to happen here? But to be fair to Mikey Johnson, he kept at it. He took players on. He was Celtic's outlet and he was the only guy really trying to make things happen. He was taking on shots. He was trying. But it's not going to happen for him. It's not going to happen for him at Celtic. Then he passed the ball to David Turnbull and you're like, what are we going to do here? Do you, uh, do you have a degree of sympathy for Mikey Johnson? I I feel sorry for him. Man. I kind of I do. Not in a sort of patronising way, just in a sort of... Signed that new contract... Um, he went on loan, seemed, seemed to do okay when he went on loan, came back, hasn't really broken through at Celtic uh, on his return, played at the weekend and it was all for f- Mikey Johnson. But he was uh, the, the performance at the weekend didn't really warrant the criticism. I think people's problem with Mikey Johnson is it's what Mikey Johnson represents. Yeah, and, and yes, it's the fact yeah. that he's somebody brought him out of an old bookshelf and whoosh, blew the dust off him and put a big key in his back and wound him up and put him on at the pitch again. I think Does it's... Does that make any sense? <laughs> it's, a, it's a spooktacular. We're coming uh, on to yeah. all sorts of metaphors here. All sorts of chilling the metaphors. The haunted ventriloquist puppet uh, that is Mikey Johnson. I, I think it's just too late for him. I think he has come to, in some people's minds, and I don't even necessarily disagree. I don't like it because I've always wanted him to do well. I've always wanted to give him a chance, mm. of which he's had many, many chances now. So I, I, I don't like that he has come to symbolise things that are going wrong with Celtic and you've just done it there as well. You've you basically just effectively pointed to Mikey Johnson and said, what's going on here? And uh, that, that is a, a view shared by 
everyone in this room and a lot of people out there as well. What's what's going on? A bit uh, like near Beaton in that respect, and any time Beaton started <laughs> yeah. games, you're like, what is but, what, how come it, he's here? It's even more bizarre with Johnston now because it has been literally years since he did anything in a Celtic shirt and I really wish that this had been handled a little bit better. If Mikey Johnson, if we are to take Mikey Johnson seriously as a a genuine part of this Celtic first team mm. squad, then it had to have been in better circumstances than this. He's a, he's been fit for weeks. Give him a run out against Kilmarnock or Dundee yeah. at home or something. I've gubbed these teams in recent weeks. Give him a run out. But he wasn't even in the squad for those. He was getting brought in and stuck on the bench in Champions League games, not playing straight back out the squad, back in for the squad for Champions League reasons. And now the first time we see him in years is he's been pitched in in an emergency in a game where nothing is going right for Celtic. We've not created a thing on you go and rescue both this game and your reputation with the Celtic fans. I think it's it's desperately unfair on the guy, but it, it's no it's not the fans' fault because this mm. is this is the position we've been left in with, with how long. And it but, tells you once again, doesn't it, how good like, Yang is? Yeah, it does. It, it does. And that's another, again, a, a very strange one, but there's no getting away from the fact that the the final lineup, the closing lineup of that game was symbolic of everything we've been complaining about since the transfer window closed to finish the game with. Ralston was enforced because Johnson got a really sore one in the face. Mm. Take him off, by all means. That, that's crazy that he even tried to play on. Silliness. So I don't complain about that so much, but he still falls into that category. So you're looking at the final lineup, and you've got Ralston, Turnbull, Forrest, Johnston and O, all trying to win this game. All, all trying to maintain the lead at the top when a game that's just no falling for us. So I wish it had gone better for Johnston, but I just just cut the guy, end the guy's another misery. One. I, uh, another, just, another one for January. The, the misery must end. Let him go and <laughs> I, let, just let him go and play football somewhere. Just stop this because it. I, short of something absolutely extraordinary he's not going to rescue his reputation here it's just when you're looking at Celtic this season I just keep looking at it going right we've kind of Joe Hart's done much better than I thought he would we haven't really suffered for him but bar the fine odd game Greg Taylor's doing alright we could do better but it's just just a massive jota shaped hole in this team isn't mm. it it's just that creativity that we spark that guy look Jota's but passing was underrated as well, the way he could find a through ball or play those long diagonals. So it's just, Celtic just haven't replaced that in the slightest. We've brought in so many players, like like you say, Halloween, we're November, and there's four or five signings that I, I don't even know what type of player home is yet. I don't mm. know what he is. Bond's not he, going to play. But to be fair to home, Brendan Rodgers just let let loose or let everyone know yeah. at his press conference this week that he's been injured for a couple of weeks now yeah. I don't know how this comes about because every single week we watch the press conference every single week the first question is any injury updates and at no time is he went, about hey, in no time did he say Holmes injured and yeah. then he says oh well I've got home back now he's back fit yeah look, look he might go on to be a good player but we bring these guys in to make a big change in the mm. Champions League this is what Celtic are gearing are meant to be gearing towards but when you look at the recruitment, when you look at the squad, we're not a Champions League squad in the slightest. And while Jota want, well, left and all that, it's just, it just shows that when you get a player like that, you need to really treasure them, don't you? You need mm -hmm. to just enjoy it. But there is absolutely no way that Celtic shouldn't have even get near a replacement for him. It's abysmal that Celtic couldn't get somebody out wide that can take players on, do things, and that we're relying on guys that were good in 2020. And I think 
I think the manager knows that. I think that that was a, that was a bit of a sign. I think that, that everyone behind the, the scenes will know it. The noises that you sort of hear is that Celtic are gearing up for a bit of a bigger January. They can better. <laughs> they they kind of they got everything wrong. But on that bombshit, Millie, you're the ref. Do you want to, you want to blow for full time, oh. not directly down the microphone, otherwise Stephen will crack up. <laughs> that was really, really pathetic, wasn't it? That was such a terrible whistle, man. Anyway. Just like the Hibs game, pathetic. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we will wrap up. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I'm a banana. <laughs>